Want five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We hear a lot in the national news about the global economy and how we're all connected. Here in Acadiana, we can certainly see how families are connected, but it's often difficult to see our connection to the rest of the state, much less the nation, on the world. My guests on Out to Lunch today are both part of the bigger picture. They're using skills they've picked up outside of Acadiana to grow businesses that extend beyond our borders. Tommy Hebert is the Manager of Public Affairs for the Atmos Energy Corporation. If you're not familiar with Atmos, they're the country's largest natural gas-only distributor. They have more than 3 million customers in eight states, from the Blue Ridge Mountains in the east to the Rocky Mountains in the west. Tommy, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks. Glad to be here. You may be surprised to learn that there are people with the names like Rodia in the U.S. outside of Acadiana, even in places like Montana. That's where Bill Rodia comes from, before settling in Acadiana a decade or so ago and becoming the executive director of St. Landry Parish Economic Development. Bill, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks, Elaine. Good to see you. Tommy, you worked for many years with Senator David Vitter and before that for Representative Charles Bustani. Yes, ma'am. In both cases, you were a senior public outreach capacity, a liaison between the politician and people. Correct. Many people who are in your position in government head to the private sector where they use their experience for lobbying. You've gone into the private sector doing basically the same thing you were doing, interfacing with the public. Sure, sure. What are the similarities and differences between working with, for a public figure and a private corporation? Well, I mean, you know, whenever you work for a public, for I, I, I like to say public servant. I don't like to use the word politician, but public servant. You're an extension of the public servant when that particular member is in Washington doing work for the district, as in Bustani's case, or the whole state, as in Vitter's case. And then I transitioned into the private sector where I guess I'm an extension of Atmos Energy, the corporation now. I'm, I'm the... I'm the the meat between the two pieces of bread and one piece is Atmos Energy, one piece is our customers. And I'm just, I guess I'm the liaison. It, it's, I guess the, my, my public life really helped me transition into private life. I don't have to worry about an election. I don't have to worry about getting on a float ready. I don't have to worry about passing out t-shirts. I don't have to worry about shaking hands. I don't have to worry about setting up meetings for the member when they're going to come in. That's been a, a weight off my shoulders, but in the same sense, I've done pretty much the same thing I did before I got to Atmos Energy. So, I don't know if I answered your question, but the similarities, although different roles, public-private, are, I mean, they're, they're, they're hand in fist with each other. And it's still all about people, and you're definitely oh, a people person. Ab absolutely. It's, um, you know, whether whenever I worked for, for the, the congressman or the senator and we needed to help little Miss Jones with her Social Security or if we needed to help uh, Mr. John Doe with his VA benefits, you know, we, we were the lifeline to the member. We were the lifeline to the agency that they needed help with, um, where Atmos Energy, 
whether it's going to be Miss Jones can't pay her bill and they come to Atmos Energy and we, we you know we don't just say okay you can't pay your bill well, we're gonna we're gonna cut you off for non-payment we'll work with the customer you gotta add a human aspect to the position you know that's we're all humans and we all need help so and talking about people people Bill I was looking at your latest public report from St. Landry Economic Development and it makes quite astounding reading you have as many commercial projects in development as I would expect to see in Austin, Texas or Sacramento, California, rather than just one parish in Acadia. You spent over a decade in executive management for national companies and seven years in senior position in the military, where you worked with high-level officers and politicians all the way up to the commander-in-chief. You decided to live here because you love it, but do you feel that St. Landry Parish and Acadiana in general is receptive to your obviously ambitious agenda, or are you dragging people kicking and screaming into the 21st century? Well, so I'll start from the end. I don't think you can make meaningful progress dragging people kicking and screaming. I just don't think that that's possible. Um, I like the comment, you know, when you ended uh, about it's all about people. It really is all about people. I mean, that's the commonality, I guess, if you consider yourself a leader, um, and I do consider myself a leader for the right reasons, you have to recognize that and you have to get really good at dealing with people. And you have to take people's thoughts, concerns and considerations into play. I've kind of a, as being an outsider, as you suggested, being new to Acadiana, I've been able to come into Acadiana with maybe a little bit different philosophy. I can be very objective in what I view because I'm not tied if, if you're from here, at St. Landry Parish, the first, where'd you go to school? Where'd your brother go to school? Where'd your mom? Everybody's tied together, and that's the special part about Acadiana's culture. But that close-knitness has kind of made some of Acadiana's culture skeptical about change because nobody wants to lose that close-knit Cajun culture here. So I'm able to kind of look back and objectively see the goods of the Acadiana culture and the opportunities on the other side of the Acadiana culture and just work with people to find out how that slow progressive change, what a more progressive, what a stronger growth Acadiana, what a stronger growth St. Landry Parish can look like. Some people just flat don't want to change and I get that, I respect that, that that's their prerogative to do that. But a lot of people want a better quality of life for their families, uh, for future generations. Uh, and it's those people that we're really trying to find out, okay, we know that change is gonna happen. We wanna make it to be smart, progressive change. It's not dragging people kicking and screaming, but actually leading people towards a more prosperous future, if that kind of ties everything together. Well, you know, look, I I'm not a change guy. I'm, I'm, I like my routine. And I'm one of the ones, I guess, he's talking about. So born and raised here in Lafayette, my parents still live in the house they built in 1977 on the south side of Lafayette by St. Thomas More High School. So keep in mind where I grew up, we were in the parish of Lafayette, but we weren't in the city of Lafayette back in 77 till about 86, 87-ish. We had well water. You know, now, but, but you look at the area now, and that's the middle uh, that's Lafayette. That, that's where that's where the city. I mean, we're we're now in the city, obviously, mm -hmm. but but back then, and so growing up through high school, and when I went away to college and came back, I didn't want Collie Saloon to be four lane. I didn't want Pinnock to be four lane. I didn't want 
Ambassador Caffrey to be four lane, which used to be called New Flanders. I didn't want Vero School Road. I mean, I know I'm Southside specific, but that's where I grew up. I wanted St. Thomas More to remain 650 kids versus 1,200 kids now. But if you, if you, so I'm a proponent of change now because I see what good it has done. But the point is, there's people, especially down here, that they wanted their Lafayette to be Lafayette. But you gotta. I mean, Youngsville's the new Lafayette. It, it's it's booming out there. You better get on the get on the train, or it's going to leave you behind. So, yeah. and that's a great example. Who would have thought that the area around the sports complex in Youngsville, five years ago, who would have thought that that area around that new Ambassador Extension would look the way it is now? And what's it going to look like in five years from now? It's coming. The change is coming. So, do we let the change dictate who we are, or do we help dictate what that looks like? How do we get to be from reactive to that change and proactive to that change? I think both yeah. of you deal with the balance yeah. between keeping the good things and introducing new things all the time. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, we, we see it in the natural gas industry. Uh, we've, rel we, we've introduced uh, automated, reader, uh, automated meter reading devices on the meters. You know, we can't turn off a meter. We can't turn on a meter. We, we can't see what you're using the gas for, but we can monitor the consumption and it, it eliminates folks that have to go out and read meters so it's our, our customers some of them just didn't like the idea of of a device that has wi-fi with a battery sending a signal to a tower off of ambassador cavalry on their meter but i tell you what is it is helped us tremendously and it's it's technology i mean you gotta this is this is the 2000 this is the 21st century you know you can't this is gotta get on get on the train so, Bill, what is the project that you're most excited about working on these days? Uh, <laughs> good question, because there's so many irons in the fire. Let me just let me just kind of give you a sense on how economic development projects work, and let me just maybe get down in the weeds. So, stop me if you say, "Yeah, you're going in the weeds." Uh, uh, a lot of people have an unusual, and I think a skewed view about what economic development really is, uh, because. That's most people's view is economic development is bringing in, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, we, we have a huge Walmart distribution center in St. Landy Parish. It employs almost 1,100 people, or actually just north of 1,100 people. That was a huge win at one time for St. Landy Parish, and a lot of people view economic developers as that's your job, to fly around the country and wine and dine and chase these big companies to try to bring them in. And that's really the end result of what is a lot of work in economic development. What a big part of our job is, is behind the scenes, working community by community by community, civic group by whatever stakeholder groups are available to make communities, going back to that change again, to how do they, you just can't say, I want a company here and it's going to show up. It's, there's a lot of work. You have to have the infrastructure in place. You have to have the education structure in place. You have to have the workforce in place. So 80% of our work is working at the community level, the people part, to get the communities prepared to where they're an attractive option to other companies that are coming in. So um, if you look at 20 some odd projects that we, are, we have as recruitment projects, not all those are gonna come to fruition. Um, and that's not all that we do. Um, so I'm just telling you that that's 20% of our, uh, our 80% of our work to do that. But if I could get, if we could be successful with eight out of those 20 companies over the course of the next 18 months, that would be a huge win for us. Bingo. So, uh, huge. I, out of the projects that we have, I think that I'm most excited about with the future potential 
I don't know, you're probably familiar with the geography. I don't know if, you, are you familiar with the 190 corridor of Crot Springs, Port Barry, going I, to Opa? I've driven Kinda? it once oh. or twice. <laughs> okay. Um, it may seem crazy to think, but in the next five, maybe eight years, the area between Port Barry and Crot Springs could possibly be one of the heaviest industrial growth corridors in the entire state of Louisiana because of the really unique assets that it has. So we've got a huge salt dome that exists over there with a billion, billion dollar natural gas storage cavern system right now. We're looking to put double that capacity and underground oil storage in those salt caverns, which have been finally permitted. We've got the main Union Pacific rail line that exists along Highway 190, which is a four lane highway. We've got a $130 million upgrade coming to the barge terminal at the Port of Crot Springs on the Atchafalaya River. And we've got five major pipelines that go right through that site. So we've got a huge ener energy park that's being certified in that area now. Those unique assets that people don't recognize, you could drive by this billion dollar storage cavern right now on Highway 90 and you wouldn't even know it's there. Uh, but if, as far as the future potential, I think that future, as far as a project, which you would call an economic development project, sets the most exciting kind of concept for the future in St. Landy Parish. And, and then I'll talk to you maybe more at some point about some of our priorities in St. Landy Parish as far as more community development types of priorities that I think are really going to make a big, big difference in St. Landy Parish over the next 5, 10, 15 years. I mean, both of you have to balance business and environmental mm. concerns. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's, but to touch on this point about the importance of the 190 corridor, I, I live in South Lafayette Parish, and when I need to go to Baton Rouge, I might take an extra 10, 15 minutes out of my way and go up to 190 because I can tell you, the Chafalai Basin Bridge is a haven for bottlenecks, and so I do travel to Baton Rouge quite a bit. So it's a, I'll, I'll, it's not a bad drive. It really isn't. But there, there's a lot of foot traffic, a lot of, a lot of not foot traffic. There's a lot of traffic in general, and whenever there's, that's the alternate route to the, so an, an interstate that runs from Miami to California. That's the alternate route. So it's busy, busy, busy. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett, sitting in for Peter Rusciutti. I'm talking with Tommy Hebert from Atmos Energy and Bill Rodier from St. Landry Economic Development. Tommy, what does your day-to-day -day life look like at work? Why do you go to Baton Rouge a lot? Uh, I am, um, I guess a lot of my friends and colleagues tell me I did move to the dark side. I am now a registered lobbyist, so I, I do go to the Capitol. I do work with uh, an individual in, in Baton Rouge. He's our, he's our go-to guy, but I'll go on an as-needed as -need basis. So I don't go to Baton Rouge too, too much unless, unless I'm needed and if, we're, if there's issues that are, that are close to the company that we need some support on. So other than that and fulfilling a few obligations outside of work, um, whether it be trucking a daughter to track meet or maybe catching something for that university in Baton Rouge that I'm not going to mention on a Lafayette radio station. I might, you know, <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, that's about it. But you know what, Aileen, you touched on the environmental aspect. It's important to uh, Atmos Energy as well. That's obviously where there's enough, there's an abundance of natural gas to, to keep America going for a couple hundred years. But we, we, we take, we're serious about, you know, not many, some, maybe some people don't know, but natural gas is a colorless, odorless, can't see it, and you can't smell it, but we add, a, we add an agent to the, to the natural gas to make it smell like rotten eggs. 
So I guess the rotten egg smell, if you smell rotten eggs, call, call our 188 number or call 911. But, you know, we, we're, we're serious about what, that's why we're doing a lot of the infrastructure improvements in our, in our service areas where, you know, a lot of the stuff was put in 50s, 60s, and 70s, and we're upgrading our systems to tw- 21st century. So, you know, it's, it's got to do it. You've got to stay ahead of the curve. Tommy, Bill, this is the part of the show we call Your Brother-in-Law. You finally got a few minutes to sit at your desk and get some work done when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Usually, he only calls when he's got a hot tip at the track and he needs to borrow 50 bucks. But this time, the conversation's a little bit different. Bill, your brother-in-law has a great idea for St. Landry Parish, a festival. Sure, Opelousas has the Zydeco Festival, but people outside of Acadiana don't even know what Zydeco is. Your brother-in-law idea is to host a festival that hip young people from outside the area would like to come to. What do young people like these days? Snapchat filters, yoga in strange places, and herb-scented tattoos. He knows it sounds crazy, but he bets you anything you like with bands and foods, the St. Landry Yoga in a Field Tattoo and Snapchat Fest will be a raging success. Your brother-in-law is prepared to quit his job at the Racino to do a feasibility study if you'll bankroll it. What do you say? Are you in? <laughs> if you're well, in, I'll, you might you, need to be replaced. Took you a while to get that one laid out, I guess, huh? Uh, um, well, <laughs> so, so let me take, let me preface that. Uh, I think one of the biggest assets that we have in St. Landy Parish, and this could be said for a lot of areas in Acadiana, relates to creative placemaking. We actually have a creative placemaking task force in St. Landry Parish that looks to capitalize on those assets across Arneville, Sunset, Grand Coteau, even over to Kankton, to Scott, and over into, um, over, uh, clear over on <coughs> into Brobridge, kind of making a loop around the north side of Acadiana. So I do think, don't know that I would bankroll this project, uh, <laughs> but I do think that there's an opportunity for those types of creative cultural types of activities, particularly when they're based around creative placemaking centerpieces, whether that's a building of some type, a community that has a certain type of a culture with it. I do think that that's one of the true strengths of Acadiana, really the state that I think that we continue to get better at recognizing um, that we have in Louisiana. So I would tell my brother-in-law, don't quit your day job. Uh, (laughs) Go back to the Racino. Uh, Yeah, but I think that there's definitely a potential uh, with that uh, that I would like to see that that generation the millennial generation take more of an active interest in creating some uniqueness that appeals to them to make parts of Acadia again this goes back to change you want to be respectful of what we we don't want to lose the Zydeco festival Zydeco is St. Landy Parish but is there op- are there opportunities for other things related to music art and culture that would complement some of the stuff that's there? absolutely so I would say keep the day job Let's look at it a little bit closer, um, but I think it's it's possible. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it completely. Out. All right, Yoga in St. Landry. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, your brother-in-law has a brilliant idea. You've had a lot of first-hand experience in politics, and now you've gotten some experience in business. It's time to capitalize on all that expertise for yourself and for the good of the community. There's a bunch of elections coming up from Congress to City Council. You need to pick a race and get in it. Your brother-in-law is prepared to sign on as your campaign manager, and his girlfriend loves Instagram, so she can handle your social media. 
What do you say? Are you ready to dip your toe into politics? Have you lost your damn mind? <laughs> God, no way, no way, no how. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've been asked before. I, I really, really, I really enjoy what I do. I, I can't see leaving the private sector to get back into public life. But I can tell you, I mean, what it's become, it doesn't matter if you have an R behind your name, a D behind your name, or an I behind your name. It is just not fun. It's not fun. It's it's not what it used to be. You know, you pick up these devices, and I'm, people on the radio can't see, but I'm picking up a cell phone. Everything's captured. Every Everything you say, everything you do, any slip-up, they can edit. They can make it. So, I would be flattered by the ask, and I would I'd appreciate it, but I have a reputation, hopefully a good one at this point, and two children that like to see their daddy in a good light. And like my father-in-law said a long time ago, it doesn't matter if you, have, if you, if you don't have anything in the closet, they'll make it up. So I would respectfully decline. How about that? So both of you are leaders in your respective fields, and both of you have said that that comes down to people skills. When did you learn that that was important and how did those people skills come about? Try not to get beat up in eighth grade, give him my lunch money away. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, you know, I, I've always been outgoing. I've always had a, a talkative personality. It's probably a downfall sometimes. I just talk too much, what I'm probably doing right now. But um, I've never, I, I just, I mean, I can remember as just always having fun with my colleagues and my friends in school. I mean, I, as as one of my best friends from the third grade, he can attest, it's all, I'm the, uh, hey, I want to ask you, I know we're on the radio and we can't see you, but I'm always the one to talk, huh? <laughs> Since the third grade. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So anyway, it, it, it just, it, it, I guess it was a natural fit. It'd be hard for an introvert to do what I do. It's just difficult. You've got to deal with the public, and you've got to deal with them like they're human beings, regardless if, you know, when someone calls me when I work for the senator or the congressman or now with Atmos, I always assume before I even hear what's going on that they need help. Right or wrong, they need help. So anyway. Bill. It's not that cut and dry, actually. Um, if I were to, I'm not going to tell you how old I am. You probably have a guess. But if I were to tell you that over the past 25 years that I've actually made a conscious decision to make a 180-degree turn on the importance of leadership and that importance and that focus on people, you mentioned my background in the military. I did a lot of special security assignment uh, details, um, I guess in the military terminology, you would consider me to have been hardcore in the military, because I was. It was all about the mission. Um, it was, a, and if you weren't part of the mission, then you really weren't part of anything that was important. Uh, but at some point, I don't know what caused that change in my way of thinking, but I recognized uh, probably in my late 20s that that really wasn't the direction in my life that was really an important direction to really make a positive influence uh, in wherever I was at in the world. So I really took it upon myself to make a conscious decision to get good at and recognizing the importance of people and how people relate to change. So it, it may seem crazy and people say you can't change who you are. Maybe you can't. You can't change your core values, but you can change some of your characteristics and what's important to you. Um, and uh, that's been a conscious effort and a slow turn over, over decades for me. Um, and 
I, I have to, my job is not a job to me, it's a passion. Um, and I, I get up every day maybe singing hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go because that's, I, I just love what I do. Tommy, Bill, I started out today's show by saying how you both live in Acadiana, but the skills that you're using to benefit business here were picked up beyond our borders. It's been great to learn about what those skills are and how you're applying them for the benefit of local business, and by extension, all of us. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Sure, glad to be here. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Tommy Hebert, Manager of Public Affairs at the Atmos Energy Corporation, and Bill Rodier, Executive Director of St. Landry Economic Development. You can find out more about Tommy's gas and Bill's parish by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Café Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe V is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researcher is Anne Christian. Our theme song, Encore Mission Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krbs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Kinhook near Callis Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette specializes in events, weddings, corporate meetings, and family reunions. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and the AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the one Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a broadcast of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me. We'll be back here at Cafe Vermilionville next week. I hope you join us then for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. Want five-star service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.